0: Hi, welcome to Women in Consulting. I'm Janet, and in this podcast, I talk to amazing women who work in consulting around the world. We explore their consulting journey, the ups and downs, getting clarity, getting started, and getting clients. We delve deeper into the questions that women who want to work as a consultant are asking. And we're delighted to have you with us on this journey
1: Today I'm speaking with Janet Whitelaw-Jones. Janet has worked in a range of development and non-development spaces in health and organisational development, and more recently she's focused on monitoring and evaluation. She's a skilled convener and facilitator of groups. In our conversation today, we talk about the importance of listening, of being curious, and bringing empathy to consulting work. We also dig into the importance of attention to detail in the language we use to set the tone for pieces of work, and how important preparation is. Janet also shares how important it was for her to find a supportive network, especially when starting out in consulting. Hi, Janet. Hi. Uh, hi. Thanks very much mm-hmm. for joining me today. It's, it's really lovely to be able to get this time to chat together and hear more about your um, transition into consulting. Yeah. Um, so, but maybe we could just start by um, asking you, uh how um what your background is and, and how you came to consulting okay well thank you very much i realize that i've been firing lots of questions
0: at other people so it's really nice to be <laughs> on the other end of on the other end of the mic um, so my background is i started uh with uh working with an ngo straight out of university in 1995 um and uh in the beautiful country of armenia <coughs> And I uh, I worked with various different NGOs after that, um, in various different locations. And then uh, I I went back to university to do an MPH. So my background is is really health, not medical, but health um, and health systems. And um, but out of that has has come a bit of a love of organisational development and organisational systems. Um, and all of that, th- that means, and also uh, sort of monitoring and evaluation. That's where I sort of sit now, but it's been a bit of a journey to get there. So I think um, after I finished with, after I finished with working with uh, the the NGOs, I went, uh, I sort of sidestepped into my first consulting firm. Uh, so I worked uh, in a consulting firm based in London um, and it was, it was it was great actually I really loved it um it was really small um and I worked on the business development side so a lot of proposals and getting bids out the door on time uh, and 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 just progressed through different roles there but it was but it was mostly on the business development side um, and then eventually I worked uh, in a different area uh, in uh, in a role that was that was more like. A consultancy role in a, a sort of a health specialist role um, where I was doing more uh, specific consulting work and after that actually I took a step back from development entirely and did something completely different um, which uh, when I was uh, having having a uh, off on maternity leave and uh, having children and things. And so, and then I came, I came back into it. And so the experiences that I, that I had when I was away actually have proved really useful, although they're totally unrelated to uh, development consulting. Um, and coming back in, uh, I, uh, I really was looking to see if I was going to work as an employee or what would suit best. And I just couldn't see how, I have four children and I was trying to figure out how I could enjoy the work that I'd done previously uh, but not work for an organization or a consulting firm because I couldn't figure out how to juggle the childcare. Um, It was Mm -hmm. as simple as that. I think uh, when they're younger, it was easier because um, you can sort of get full day wraparound care or, you know, and, and that seemed to be easier. But actually when they went to school, it just seemed to be really difficult Um because they have so many holidays and, uh, and firms and companies, you only get four, three, four weeks holiday.
1: And so the that days didn't are work. Shorter, so aren't they? I remember that. The da-
0: yeah. Yeah. The days are shorter. I mean, they get out of school at three and I just thought mm-hmm. I just need more control over a the work that I really want to choose to do and around my own timetable. Um, because I want to spend time with the kids and I want to be there over holidays. And so it was a real, I mean, it was probably a lifestyle decision initially. Um, and, uh, and it's taken me a while to figure out how to work, how to make that work financially. Um, so, yeah, it's been an interesting, it's been an interesting journey. So I started out working as an independent consultant, I think, in
1: 2015, 2016. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so does that sound? Mm, that's you know? great. Yeah, so you've clearly got... Um, a, a really kind of rich and mixed um, mm. background mm. Uh, and and, uh, and no doubt having worked for a consulting firm has, has given you that kind of um, insight mm. into what it's like working on the other side of the fence um, I yeah. think it's really valuable um, yeah it is um, actually because you, you end up mm-hmm.
0: yeah well you end up really understanding sort of what um, I guess from a consulting firms point of view what they're looking for and what they're not looking for and because then throughout throughout my career you've you know i we get exposed to lots of different consultants and Mm. and it's definitely clear sort of for me anyway which approach i like and and how how i like to work with people Um, and that's been really invaluable actually Mm, no i can imagine
1: and and Mm. how how did you find your first client then when you, when you'd made that decision to try them, oh, Good question. So <clears throat> I was thinking about this this morning and I thought,
0: I think um, my very first client came from, uh, it was actually someone that approached me um, to see if I would do some training for their team in writing for impact. Because mm-hmm. uh, often um what what we learn the way we're taught to write actually um in school or in university isn't terribly useful for how we need to write and communicate in a professional environment and mm. so I I did uh some training for them which was was great actually and I just loved the well, I loved. I'm a real talker, and I and I loved the facilitation of the workshops that we did, and just helping other people to learn. And it was just great, actually, um, seeing them transform their writing um, mm-hmm. because they did come into it with a certain amount of skepticism. But actually, it was really great. I really enjoyed it. So that was. So, so there were kind of. That was my first client, and it was a. It was somebody who then approached me to see if I would do that. There was at the same time I had another. Uh, I sort of had two at the same time actually the other example was quite different um, and came from a I had just done a course um, which was uh, like a leadership course called uh, the Alt MBA Mm -hmm. which was a great a a really excellent um, training program Um, and nothing to do with development more sort of management and how we hold ourselves in different spaces and it uh after you do that then you get put into a an alumni group and actually my that other piece of work came which was an evaluation came from that group so it wasn't Mm. a development it was an interesting one it wasn't a development specific group um it Mm. was the alumni of this of this course that I'd done um and someone was looking for someone to do an evaluation with uh a US-based organization and so and that worked really well actually so probably in both cases it was Um, it was through contact that I already had yeah and the importance of that actually is really you know of keeping in contact with people that you have known previously is really is really useful I find that really useful
1: Mm, yeah no I was just thinking that as you're talking that's Mm. um, that's pretty key isn't it for anybody Mm. listening who's considering uh, you know, transition into consulting. That both of those mm-hmm. b- were, were through your existing networks,
0: yeah. Rather than putting
1: it? in for a bid. Mm. Well,
0: exactly. Well, it was through existing networks because once you're starting out, you don't have any. I mean, you you probably don't have a track record. Although I actually did through th- the consulting firm. I had a small track record, but not but not as an independent consultant. And so, um, it's mm-hmm. it, it, keeping in touch with the people who know you already and have known how you work is really invaluable actually. Yeah. I and that's
1: super key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
0: what was interesting was whenever, um, whenever I stepped back from this, this sort of development world, Facebook had just started, I think LinkedIn was definitely not a thing. Um, so actually when I came back in, I really had to work hard to build up to sort of recontact people. Um, I mean, there were people I'd stayed in touch with, but just to kind of build that network back up again. And it took time, um, But it was an interesting process.
1: And and do you have it? Would you have any uh, tips for anybody who's who's at that point now and starting to um, reach out to uh, Mm. old colleagues and things? I know it can it can be quite a daunting experience, can't it?
0: Yeah, it can be quite a daunting experience. And actually, the first time that I remember doing it, I remember thinking, "Oh my goodness, I don't even know what to write to this person. I don't Mm. even." You know, I couldn't even think of the the words. I was, I mean, I was, Mm. I was quite fearful, Um, but actually um, I sort of had to sit sit and really think about the fact that this was a person who knew me previously and I just needed to let them know what I was doing. So it wasn't a, and it was more of a, it it wasn't a, it wasn't a, 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 please give me some work message or email. It was a, how are you doing? What's going on? Where are you working now? It would be great to have a coffee or a chat and just catch up and see. Because actually, do you know what? I'm actually probably more interested to hear what they're at and what you know what stage their organisation because they've moved on as well, mm-hmm. and everybody's developed and everybody's got more skills and ever you know maybe they've moved to a different place. And so actually, just having that attitude of curiosity um, is 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 really important. But um, but the biggest thing for me was start where you are. I think that's the biggest thing. Start mm, with what you've man. got already.
1: Yeah. Mm. Brilliant. Thank you. Mm. And, and and I guess linked to that as well. So mm. so um, over your career, what what would you say? And this is so thinking about the perspective as as someone who's um, uh, managed consultancies as well as being a consultant. Mm. Is there is there a one skill that you would say is really important for consultants to have? Mm. What would that be for you? So I think, um, so I think the skill is,
0: is listening. Actually, that's my top one. Um, Now I, and I know I've said this in, uh, we have a, the women's consulting workshop group. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've said that in there, you know, that I don't actually consider myself a natural listener. I have to really um, practice it. It's a skill that I need to practice. Um, But very closely linked to that is the skill of empathy and, and really understanding where a client is coming from, like mm. really understanding the drive behind the piece of work, whether you know whether where it's come from, who's who's driving it really, where asking all of those like d- digging underneath uh, the the terms of reference is really important, and actually that all requires listening and and a sense of empathy.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can't agree more. Mm. um and often and often it's a process of discovery with the client oh yeah um yeah exactly it's a it's a
0: process of discovery and kind of this sort of um sort of back and forward iterative approach to really figure out what it is they're looking for because I think often clients come and they you know unless it's a very straightforward evaluation but honestly even in those cases Mm. um you can you know there there are nuanced questions, or there are things that they haven't quite thought about, or unintended consequences of things that you know questions that you may ask during uh, uh, during the, the, the consultancy, and that that really just help you understand more about where the client's coming from. And if you understand where they're coming from, you are more likely to deliver work that is that is within scope and really useful to them, mm-hmm. because. I think, and think, and, and honestly, I feel quite passionate about this actually. Because in um, often, what I saw in when I when I was working for, for different consulting firms, or I, or I experienced working with other consultants, um, was quite a a detached approach, um, mm-hmm. and almost this approach where you uh, you you get the terms of reference, you go away for thirty days, and you come back with something that's kind of the answer or what you think is the answer. And the, 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 the tendency for misunderstanding or assumptions that aren't right or aren't correct is massive um, because you haven't sat with the client and really understood where they're coming from and what they're Mm -hmm. actually looking for, you know, and built that back into the the terms of reference and the scope of the organization. So I, or the scope of the terms of reference, sorry. So it's really, for me, that's super important. um, Because ultimately if you don't, if you don't, if you don't um i think if you don't develop that skill with your client and 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 sort of demonstrate it you really you really miss out on a rich learning and a rich piece of work for them but also for you as the consultant Mm.
1: yes absolutely it's Mm -hmm. when you've got that kind of um shared understanding it makes it much more um, mm. motivating and, and fulfilling doesn't it and mm-hmm. so so what what would you say is your approach to that I mean we talk about this a lot but yeah. um, <laughs> you know do, is is there an approach how, how do you go about um, mm. um, ensuring that you do understand what we clients coming from and what they're looking for
0: yeah so I think the first the first stage is very definitely at the the sort of request for proposal stage so if it's and this I mean it will depend whether or not it's uh if you're replying to a bid that's been put out in the public domain or whether uh, a client has approached you if it's a if it's a bid that's out in a in a in the public domain then there's usually space for you as a consultant to go back and ask clarifying questions
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's where I would start actually, you know, reading through the terms of reference and really sort of sitting with them for, for a good, well, I don't know, however long it takes you to kind of really dig in and understand what they're actually, or what you think they're looking for and where the, the potential for misunderstanding could be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the shape of the consultancy kind of becomes clearer as you read Um ask any, I would ask any clarifying questions at that stage. Um, and the next stage, if you're, well, if it's somebody that's come to you directly, then I would always have a call, uh, to go like, get them to send you the terms of reference and then like have a call where you basically ask the same questions. You you sort mm-hmm. of figure out, you know, an attitude of curiosity is one of the, 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 the key things here and then the yeah. ability to listen to the responses, um, and you know, and ensure that you've really understood, um, what they mean by certain words and what you know mm-hmm. so because there's so many the language is really important and we can it's yeah we can we can so often just misinterpret what people are saying or um or what they think they're saying and you've interpreted it in a different way just because we all come with our own you know baggage and understanding and perceptions so yeah that's those are two things at the very beginning that i would do and then as the that's not a one-time thing. I think that's really Mm -hmm. key. It's not a Mm -hmm. one-time, you know, it's a, this is some, this is a process that is, that you constantly check back in with your client, you know, whether your, whether your pieces, your piece of work lasts for 10 days over four weeks or, um, or whatever, you, you, you arrange regular check-ins just to To say okay so actually we find this you know and now we have a choice of going down routes a or b what would you like to do and you know and chatting through the different pros and cons but just being being responsive I think is really key
1: that's a great word yeah and and Mm -hmm. iterative and Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and I know we do talk about that a lot Helen
0: and and I think I mean I don't think any client has ever come back to us and said would you stop bugging me just go and do the work Like nobody Mm. has ever I I mean, people, you know, our clients have always really appreciated um, us checking in with them and then, you know, making sure that what we're recommending, uh, if it's an evaluation or or some change process that they're going through, you know, that actually this makes sense to them. Because what is the point of delivering a final report if it doesn't actually make sense to the client when they receive it?
1: Absolutely, and that questioning kind of process, I think, is can be really helpful to help them clarify mm-hmm. what it is that they're they're seeking to achieve. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I, I love that approach too. I think it's great.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I really, um,
1: I, yeah, and I think the clients really, our clients really appreciate it. They seem to do, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Um. And, and and so thinking about your ideal clients, um, mm. and and the types of uh, clients you've worked with in the last mm-hmm. few years, do you have an ideal? Ooh. Um. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good question. I think, um,
0: so I think a client, so that appreciates the iterative approach, Mm -hmm. um, although I, saying that, I haven't actually come across anyone who doesn't appreciate that, so that's interesting. And it'd be good to hear from people actually whether they've, they've come across clients which, or clients who have really not appreciated that approach yeah. and they just want you really to go away for 30 days and or whatever, you know, six months and come back with an answer. That would be interesting to hear. Because mm. um, I'm sure that exists um, yeah. and I'm sure it exists in particular areas. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to hear that. Um, so in terms of, so someone who, because I like the iterative approach, I really appreciate that. Um, so as long as they're up for that. And then I guess um, someone, a client who understands the, who is clear about the value that we bring. I know that's a bit mm-hmm. focused on us, but, but, um, you know, or who feels that, that, you know, the whole way through, they really understand that they can, that they can come and just have a conversation about where we're at. Um,
1: mm.
0: I really, you know, that we're on a journey together. That's really important actually. Mm. Um, I think in order for the work, the deliverables to be super useful to them.
1: And so I think then, that's really important. Yeah. Really important point that, that, you know, often this is a this is a journey together, and mm-hmm. and it's not that we are as you've said before. It's not that the consultants go off and do something and bring it back, but that actually mm. it's it's it, it is that co creation thing, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, and a process of uh, uh, of learning mm. together, really, yeah
0: yeah it is and it's and it's interesting because i know there'll be people going no it's not consultants have to have the right answer um mm. and that is true i'm not saying that that's not true that is definitely true and there are very particular contexts where that works but in my experience actually the iterative approach and the back and forward and the co-creation is mm. much more satisfying and much mm. more useful for most
1: clients yeah yeah mm. brilliant yeah. thank you and and so I just want to pick up on something that you mentioned earlier um, mm. at, at the start of the conversation. When mm-hmm. you know we were talking about transitioning, um, mm. and you, you mentioned it's taken a while to kind of uh, feel secure in in the, f- the financial stability a- aspect of, mm. of being a consultant. So, can you share? I'm sure other people will find it helpful to hear how how you um, make sure that your pipeline is is healthy. Mm. Um, and um, that you're working on uh you know, you're not you're not uh you're managing the peaks and the troughs. hmm Yeah. Okay. Do you have any tips there? Because I know it's something that lots of people worry <laughs> yeah. about.
0: Yeah, it's a really good question. Um so I learned pretty early on, actually, that I had uh about a two-month lead time. And so what I mean by that is that I need to start, I need to make sure that I have work um kind of signed and ready to go two months ahead and this is going to be different for everybody but that's how it works for me um if I don't if I don't if I don't know what I'm doing in two months time um or I don't have a really you know I don't have a contract signed I I I, I have to I feel like I have to, I mean that that's when I would go sort of definitely looking and and making sure that I had something in. Um, And so I think we fall into this trap. Like consultancy is always going to be peaks and troughs, always. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can manage it. The important thing is that you can manage it. Um, And so we I think whenever we first start out, we can be so uh, involved in the work that we're actually delivering that when that work finishes, we sort of sit and stare at a wall for a day and go, whew, that was intense and it's good Mm. and it's finished. And then we start looking for new work. That doesn't work. You can't do that. So I think what I would recommend is that you have a, I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a big believer in time blocking and mm-hmm. that uh, you need, especially when you're working as a consultant, because it's knowledge work, right? And you have to have chunks of time or I have to have chunks of time that I know that I have set aside to do specific pieces of work. Um, yeah. The odd 10 minutes are, which is really difficult when you've got children. But setting aside those times, you know, where I work on something solidly for two hours or 45 minutes or whatever it is just to get that thing done. Or I do a, a chunky piece of work first thing in the morning um, just to get that done. And I have the same approach to business development, my own, you know, our business development for two or partners, partners mm. um, that we we build into our week or our fortnight, whatever works. At a block of time where all I do is business development to make sure that we've got a regular flow um that it's not something that we just leave to when we're you know in between consulting pieces
1: that's really helpful I think the time block approach uh, coupled with the um mm-hmm. kind of the regular check-ins mm-hmm. to make sure that um I mean I, I know we do it together but yep. but um alone people can can do that yes. just by you know slotting in a 20 minutes once a week to, to just mm-hmm. check in on your yeah. pipeline coming up mm-hmm.
0: um, yep check Absolutely. those different you know. websites check the mm-hmm. different websites check in with people that you that you you would be your normal contacts um to maybe develop a few new ones spend time on your LinkedIn profile if that's where you if that's where you get most of your work or wherever mm-hmm. it is that you get most of your work you know check in with the for us it would be I mean and I think the 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 women and the women's consulting workshop you know check in there if there's anything mm-hmm. that's come up from other from from other women there um so yeah
1: but the consi- tips, i think okay. it's the consistency yeah. consistency yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah having a systematic approach yeah yeah uh really really great thanks janet mm-hmm. um okay so so thinking about um uh, the last few years mm. is there a standout piece of work that you really enjoyed mm. um and and why do you think if there is then, then mm. could you tell us why you enjoyed that so much i really like
0: all of them um so they've all been am i allowed to say that i really like all of them um of course yeah i mean i like all of them for different reasons so i love mm. the i love the 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 beginning. Part of you know when when we've signed a contract and we're just waiting to get the all the necessary documents and you're sort of I mean so for me I feel like I'm at the top of a black ski run often at that point or I'm doing a really Mm -hmm. difficult jigsaw puzzle because you're kind of pulling everything you know you're starting you're well you're starting this journey of kind of piecing together the different bits of information and and you know for us if it's an evaluation um, the different things that people are saying or you know their different experiences um and just pulling all of those different bits together I really Mm. I really love and the picture becoming clearer I mean I love the fact that actually at the beginning I know where we are going to end up but I'm not honestly sure like I we have the steps that we're going to take to get there but I'm not sure how it's exactly detailed and going to look um Mm. and that's and I really I really like that um I'm just thinking of whether I can single out a piece of work or whether I'm going to tell you elements of pieces of work that I've really enjoyed. I think, um, I think I'm think i going to go for elements actually. Mm-hmm. So elements yeah. that I've really enjoyed are when we've led workshops and we can visibly see um, on different things. I mean, we do a lot of um, related to our M&E work we do a lot of theory of change workshops and we have a particular way of talking about theory of change and a particular approach that I honestly feel has really uh, helped so many people understand what uh, a pretty simple complex or a pretty simple process which seems to have become overly complex and being able to take a team through that and being being able to see their transformation in that in how they experience what a theory of change is and the difference that it makes to their work um you know that then they can really see themselves and their position in the organization and how what they do affects the organization's goals i th- mm. I mean and i and i um, and this is and um, you know recently it's all been on zoom but it's been really interesting you know zoom we're not supposed to be able to tell what um You know, people's people's reactions are supposed to be more dampened. That's what I mean. You know, you're not supposed Mm -hmm. to be able to catch facial expressions as well as we could as if we were in the room. So even on Zoom, I can see people, people having a, oh, us right okay really understanding you know what what theory of change means to them and or what you know how they've how they've d- deepened their understanding of what it actually is and it becomes something that has been historically quite a foggy notion or a foggy idea mm-hmm. that they haven't really got their heads around to something that they leave with real clarity and i love that i love that mm. like helping people understand or taking them on a journey so that they leave a workshop with us much in a, in a with much more clarity I, I find that totally
1: satisfying. Yeah. No, I can I, I yeah. can totally um <laughs> uh, that resonates a lot. Um so it I've is kind really of mangled I've mangled more. your question, sorry. <laughs> no, that's brilliant. Elements are all good. Yeah. Um and, and thinking about learning that you've mm. um that you've taken away from the different pieces of work. Mm. Um are there any standout um lessons that you would share with us? Um I think Uh, always always
0: always be over prepared Um, and also I mean that comes from probably uh, working you know doing a lot of facilitation work and just really so there's two things the, the being prepared but also really putting yourself in the position of who's coming to the workshop or who's coming to the meeting that you are leading or hosting what do they need to know what do they need to know at the beginning what do they need to know at the the end what will make this a satisfying and useful process for them like really you know go wrong. I, I mean I do sort of think individually of the people that come because mm-hmm. I want it to be as useful for them and people will be coming from different places and um but that's so yes that that's part of the it's part of the empathy process as well mm-hmm. and having understood who they are and then but also then being probably over prepared um but I know I'm a bit of I'm probably I focus on preparation I mean maybe too much I'm not sure but I but I feel better and I if I know you know what I can if I know if this happens if, I, if something goes wrong I know what I'm going to do if yeah yeah you know if a bun fight breaks out I know what I'm going to do I don't know J- just all of those different options I really like to know how what my role is and help and do the best that I can for the people that are that are with me in that meeting to make sure that they have a, a really good experience.
1: Mm, well, I think it's super important and that's something I really appreciate work, working with you it's that yeah. you know it's the scenario planning what if this yeah. happens what if that yeah. so the yeah there are different <laughs> options so we've got different options and yeah. approaches if if we need them in the mm-hmm. toolbox um that's right. and it's not it's not something that I'd uh I'd done before so it's really kind of mm-hmm. added it's, it's really given me um oh, something to help mm. also help me feel better at the start of. Mm-hmm. at the start of a process yeah sometimes uh, because sometimes it, it can you be know it's, it's, it can be nerve-wracking it can be nerve-wracking and, and and it allows us then to turn up and be our best selves I, I mm-hmm. suppose um, which is what we want to be able to give isn't it to, to yeah. the work that we're the that's clients right. that we're working yeah with. definitely definitely it's really important and and s- still on the learning theme mm-hmm. is there anything that you that's happened in in pieces of work that have uh, led you to realize you could have done something better. Any um, anything that stands out?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give. I think probably elements as well. Maybe I mean, it's and it's probably linked as well to the prep, that preparation, mm. making sure you're super prepared. Um, probably around communication. You know, just mm. really. Um, and I'm trying to think. You know, making sure that the, the that you're in charge of the communication um if you're leading a facilitation session or a workshop or whatever that that's that you're in charge of that because you set the tone and it's Mm. really important and I learned I mean I think I did learn that the hard way you know that if you if you're not in charge of it then you give that responsibility to someone else and they don't have the same overview of the process that you do and they will use their language not your language and preparation for a facilitation session or a workshop or whatever starts with the invitation, mm. you know, you're inviting and you're the language that they use that you use can be, can really set the tone for how the participants show up. And that's so mm. vital, especially in evaluations. You know, if you're, um, if you're doing interviews or you're doing, um, focus groups or whatever. So I, d- I mean, I know there was, there was definitely, uh, a time when that didn't happen. And, mm. and I, and that's probably where the over prep and you know, the yeah. sort of comes from actually. Um, mm. cause I thought, oh, I can't let that, that wasn't, that wasn't good. I can't let that happen again. And it wasn't mm. even really that bad. It's just that I, and it sounds like I'm a control freak. I'm not, I just, I just think that if you want something to go a particular way, language and the words that you use to, in the invite is so important. Um, mm. So yeah, I think the, the yeah communication is vital. So that was my turnaround. I think it didn't it it didn't go well because of that, and then that was my takeaway
1: learning from that. That's really brilliant, and and it's something that I don't think I'm, not necessarily everyone would think about that mm-hmm. um, attention to detail in the language that we use and how that how that um, you know how different people receive mm-hmm. that uh, mm-hmm. different the different tones. I think it's yeah. brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, it's huge. Um, yeah, huge. it is huge. Yeah. And I know we, we both love language, so um, it's something that we talk about a lot as well. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, okay, so so we, we are coming towards the, the end of our uh, chat, but I wanted to ask what, what advice mm. would you give to someone just starting out? So
0: if you were just starting out, I think the thing that I missed most was that you go from working in an organisation where you actually have lots of support that you don't really notice. Um, you know, there's always somebody around for you to have a bit of a chat with or to have mm-hmm. a bit of a brainstorm with about something. And it might not even be a work thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always somebody there. Um, and, and, and also, this this is entirely personal um, because I am a talker and I love to talk things through. And I'm a re- that's how I solve problems is by kind of wondering out loud. Helen, you're at the end of my wandering out loud a lot. Uh, yes. Helen will tell you she needs to go and have a lie down. Often. <laughs> but just that, you know, having having um, that support, uh, I think, when you start out as an independent consultant, is really invaluable. Is mm-hmm. the tendency, so my experience was that when I started doing it, I didn't have that. Um, and, and I think that's when I probably phoned you in desperation one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so but the problem and the thing is that um that we're that the the independent consultant world appeared to me to be set up in a very competitive manner Mm. so therefore sharing um with other women or with other people other consultants um didn't happen very often and seemed to be embedded in a in a almost like a well i'll you know, I can share this, but not this. And it, mm. it just, appear, I, I just all felt a bit competitive and I didn't, and I thought, God, that's just not going to help anybody. So, and I guess that's, um, so my first, so the, so that so the thing it would be surround yourself with support. And, and I think that's for both yeah. of us, Helen, that's where the, the women's, women's consulting workshop came from because, yeah. um, because actually having a group of the women's consulting workshop is a, is a, um, private, uh, Facebook group on Facebook, which, um, is full of, women who are experienced consultants but also um women who want to get into consulting who are maybe still working in a full-time job mm. and just having that group that you can ask questions to is just immense um you know and the the, the positivity and the 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 good the good spirit in the group is so is so useful and I think and I wish that I'd had that when I started because it would have it would have just helped a lot because I knew that I would have had somewhere to just go what do you do about this particular thing yeah Um, you know and 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 so so definitely I think that's my biggest tip would be surround yourself um with with your supporters Mm, mm, and if it's really, the yeah. workshop then it needs to go find somebody go and find somewhere else but but definitely have your group of people who can help you brainstorm in a professional way you know the different things that you're going
1: through that's really yeah really key thanks Janet. i think mm. uh, i couldn't agree more and 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 i think you hit on something also really important as well in this in what you've just said about that that competitive um perception that that consulting Mm, is competitive and that we somehow have to do it all our own and and Mm. we we, as an independent you should have all the answers within yourself and Mm. and that's something that we've talked about and we could talk about forever couldn't we um yeah (laughs) it's kind of that reframing of 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 the the mindset that you need as a consultant and moving Mm. from um that idea that we're we're alone to to a more of an abundant mindset and understanding that actually there's there's so much work out there, and if we work together mm-hmm. and share, mm-hmm. yeah. um, then we're going to um, collectively uh, achieve much
0: more. Yeah, definitely so I love that, and actually just make the whole, the sector much better because yeah. if we if we come with that approach, actually we do better work, yeah. and then and our clients end up with a better with with a better product or deliverable at the end, and that then affects the people that we want to, to to work with you know and we want I mean it just affects the whole thing and makes it much a much better um sector I
1: think yeah absolutely mm. I love that thank you so so where mm. you've, you've talked about it a couple of times but where can people mm. find out more about you and um the women's consulting workshop you mentioned that's a good question so we have um we'll put them in the show notes as
0: well so uh, I'm on uh, we've got the women's consulting workshop. If you, if you Google that, you should, um, come across it. It's a Facebook group. You might have to Google it or look for it in Facebook in groups. Um, and then we also have, uh, well our consulting firm is called Turas partners. That's, uh, and that we'll put that in the show notes and also, um, our, uh, community, which is turascommunity.com. Um, and that's where we just house things that are useful. It's a website just with um, things that we think um, might be useful for women working in consulting uh, and LinkedIn as well. Although I'm not ever sure my LinkedIn profile tells you very much. But anyway, there's it. Yeah, it
1: is there. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thanks, Donna. I, and, and, you know, I've really enjoyed this conversation and it's just reminded me of all the. All the um, the learning that I get from working with you as well, um, oh, likewise, and in our journey together. So thank you. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's been great actually, and it's been uh, it's it's been a real pleasure, Helen. Actually having space to talk about all those learnings because it's not something we often reflect on actually. So mm. yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back next time with another amazing woman who is carving out her very own path on this consulting journey.